BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, man, have I ever told you my golf story? I don't know. The one you started talking about, I don't think so. No, so you know you're the golfer. Um, I try. I've always, I've always wanted to golf, right? You know, young black kid grew up in the in the era of Tiger Woods. My mom was real big. I wanted to be a doctor when I was younger, so my mom was real big on knowing that so many deals get done on the golf course. Right? Well, that's funny, yeah, because if you're a doctor, you're probably going to be on the golf course too. Exactly, right? <laughs> so she was like, "If you're going to do this, you need to know how to play this shit, right?" I never really played, but there's this old head at my church who's like my grandpa, right? Um, and him and uh, me and my best friend, he would always tell us, come through. He had a little spot, this little, small little janky uh, golf course. And he went there every Monday and he, quote unquote, worked. But basically it was, he was just there for free to golf all day or to hit, you know, to dr- hit, hit the driving range. And so for years, dog, he was like, come see me, bro. Like now he's had multiple knee surgeries, uh, knee replacements. So like he can't play like he used to. Yeah, that's tough. But man, uh, me and uh, me and my boy Trey, we pull up there. This, this one day we finally say, "Fuck it, we going." Um, and so uh, we get there. Now, those of you who have seen me, I may look like I'm pregnant now, right? I may look like I'm pregnant. Uh, but. You know, I'm decent size, six one. You know, I was in shape. I had a six pack at one point, but I was I've been an athlete my whole life, dog. My whole life I've been an athlete. So we get there, and he shows us how to hold the damn thing, and I'm holding my my driver, my driver, and I got it right, and locked the fingers, and oh, yeah, yeah, you right, got right, it, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, okay, bet I got you. Don't worry about it. Uh, like my boy Lil Wayne say, Barry Bonds, right? Wait, hold on. Did you watch the SPs last night? No, I didn't see it all. I saw some of it. Did you see the open? I've seen it on uh on YouTube, Twitter. Okay. Pat McAfee roasting people. No, Lil Wayne opened the show. Oh, Amelia, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I oh, that. I thought that was awesome. Like seriously, and, and, and I then, like how he flipped the words. Yeah, and then and then like to end it, him and Travis Kelsey are just. Fucking rocking out like that was pretty sweet. Sorry, that's the, I, that's the one dude who know that that you know that will. I just want to see if you. Um, no, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk some SPs. But so, dog, I lock my shit, and he shows me how to do it. I bet cool. So, first time I go to swing, mind you, I was athlete. You know what I'm talking about? Baseball, basketball, 
I'm a big dude. I, I was that doesn't mean. Listen, I'm a golfer, and you know that, and you know that that doesn't mean shit to me because I've seen guys more athletic than me not be able to hit a goddamn thing, and I've seen the frumpiest motherfuckers kick my ass. So go ahead, well, continue your story. Henceforth, I I wear that shit back, and I swing with everything I got, and I missed the fucking ball. Yep, you did. Like, <laughs> the ball wasn't even moving, Ray. It was. St- <laughs> no, I wasn't even close to the ball. So about 25, because, you know, the, the arch and the cart, it's a, it's a thing that you got to get used to it. So maybe 25, 35 times I'm swinging this bitch and I'm missing everything. And then finally, I feel it in my bones from with, from the power of Grayskull. I've been given the power to knock this bitch from Ray Houston to goddamn Mexico. the power. I swing it back, bro. And I hit the ball with everything I have. I swear to God, it looked like, remember when Albert Pujols hit that ball off of Brad Lidge and it's still in fucking outer space? I hit it that hard, dog. That bitch went five feet. I said, all right, you got to show me how to play this shit now. It's That's funny because it's not about swinging as hard as you can. It's about motion and rhythm. I was 22. Who'd give a fuck about motion? I wanted to blast that hole. Listen, that's funny. That's funny because I remember when I was young and I was at a club and I built up the courage to ask a beautiful lady to dance and she kind of blew me off. But then as the night went on, she came over and said, you still want to dance? And I said, sure. And we got out there and we were were dancing and she was smiling. And after a little bit, she kind of grabbed my hips and she's like, slow down like this. I was like, oh. So that was a fun night. I bet it was. I bet it was. <laughs> hey. Uh, I guess we'll start the show, huh? I mean, unless you want me to swing and miss some more. I don't. I want you to get better. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, people at home! What's up with that? DWI podcast. My name is PC Tunney. Soon to be coming to you a show called Pizza Funny, but that's neither here nor there. This week I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend. It's not DPP. 
There is no trivia trickster, A.J. Belaz. It is Ray Cashington's the 74th. He is back from the year 3034 because people just live a lot longer as we go into the future. Ray, it's good to see you. I'm I'm so glad you're on the show today. Um, you you've you've been through a lot. Your life is almost like a soap opera. Um, from what I've heard, uh, we don't need to get into that. We don't need to broadcast those waves. We just want that kind of all to float away. But, uh, hi. First and foremost, can can I do it? Can I can I do the thing? What? Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> DP soundbite. Otherwise, I play it. Yeah, that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 Um, it's good to see you, my brother. Maybe you stock up um, the house yeah. a little bit more now, so you don't have to go out for Burger King. <laughs> oh, y'all missed the doozy of a story. I'm just letting you know. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even. I, I don't. Let's move if on. If you want to know the story. Holla at your boy on Twitter. I promise you, I'll tell you the story through the end. No, it's good to see you, man. It's good to be back. You know, I've I've been on my um, pilgrimage away from podcasting and haven't been happier. I'm so fucking happy. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and then he pulled me out, from, uh, pulled me from out the monastery. You would come and record. Yeah, you and three other of my favorite people. <laughs> Well, to be fair, no, I still show up. You every do, weekend. yeah. No, you're not. You're not so much as the three other people. Um, and and no, no offense to any of them, but a little bit of of offense. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, come on. What, what are you gonna do? Um, I I love them all. I love everybody. Um, maybe except Jim Cornette. Uh, he's okay. So, man, let me ask you this: You didn't really get a chance to podcast Money in the Bank reaction, did you? No. I have not. What do you need to get off your chesticles? Why before... the fuck are we in London every week? Okay. But I mean stuff like before we get into this past week of, of main. Sure. Cluster. But but that is the goal that is the goal way. Yeah, London, the John the John Cena thing. Well, well yes. I WrestleMania think... there is absolutely. But just they yeah. have by far, with respect I, to all I, these great crowds here, their crowd is so amazing. You're telling me Triple H didn't know John Cena was gonna go out there and fucking no. do, do that? Come on, give me a break. Right. I mean, like, and look, I, you you may hate to hear this, but I have no doubt that they had genuine altruistic reasons behind that. But also, too, they got that big ass Wembley show. They want to make sure they know we coming back. Well, <laughs> you so, know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, but they they they're gonna be there anyway. Like that's the thing. I know we're gonna kind of get into it, so I don't even want to start with why people are. We'll we'll get into this for sure. Here's what I want to say is let's talk about that specifically without inside of a bubble, inside of a WWE bubble. Next year is likely Nashville, possibly Minneapolis, hoping for Minneapolis still maybe go if it's in Nashville. Um, Or no, Minneapolis makes more sense. For for 40, for 41 uh, Philly. And then I thought 42, something else was in line that I read. Got to be Atlanta. They got to go back to Atlanta. I think that's what wins. it that that's what it might have been. So it was like as early earliest would it be 2026. And that makes a lot of sense, right? Because I think this was 
something that was done behind the scenes between WWE and whoever's in charge over there across the seas to allow them to do something in Wembley because that's going to be a complete sellout. Every seat, make as much room as possible and have as little shit. So you talking about mania. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not convinced it's going to be Wembley. Why wouldn't it be? Do you know how many fucking great stadiums are in London? Well, who has, who has the most capacity is the question. Oh, I got I got hit a mags and figure that out. Shout out to the homie mags. Um, I know, Here, you know you, I am a, you, I am you, a blues fan. I'm talk, Evertonian. Yeah, we got a brand new stadium that'll be ready by the time they're ready to go over there. All so, right, you you talk about it right now and give your take, and I'm going to look up the yeah. biggest stadiums in 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 London. Because what, what do you think about? There had to be cohesion between all parties. And Cena doesn't just show up for nothing. I mean, that was big. That was just a prove a point. Well, so number one, Cena was already in London filming. Um, so it worked out perfectly for that. Um, also, they wanted to hit a surprise. Like, everything worked perfectly. And I know you don't really want to touch on the AEW part of it. Yet. Um, so I think we're going to yeah, get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, but it was a perfect kind of mix. Oh, and the perfect timing to kind of keep that crowd hype and give them something special is going to be the most. I can't see. It is not okay. Okay, ninety thousand. That's pretty big. That's really fucking big. Yeah, yeah. there's there's um, not a lot of stadiums here that top them. Maybe maybe you can count them on two hands. Uh, count those college football stadiums. A lot of them hit ninety. Well, bro. Michigan. Yeah, Rose Bowl. A lot of them. Mich- um. Uh, Horseshoe and and uh, Columbus, a lot of them, a lot of fucking Kyle Field and College Station, a lot of these motherfuckers hit ninety. Um, but anyway, to get to the show in particular, once again, London, best crowd in the world. Um, I don't know if I'll ever have a moment that makes me feel like Bad Bunny coming out to Chambaya in Puerto Rico, <laughs> but London was by far a, the best crowd I've seen in a minute. Um, Right money in the bank winners, in my opinion. Um, very fun matches. Dope surprises. Seeing Drew come back. There's only 10 stadiums that have a bigger capacity in America than Wembley. You want me to name them? Do you want to try? You can. I got them oh, right yeah. here. I got the list right here. So for sure, Michigan Stadium. Yep. Hold on. Let's um, do this right. Thank you. Um, um, the Horseshoe, Ohio State. That's like 110,000. I don't know what, I can't remember the, what it's called. It's not called the Horseshoe, hold but on, it's Ohio State on. Stadium. Ohio Stadium. Yep, you got it. That's true. Kyle Field, College Stadium, Texas A&M, College Station. It's three. Um... Um, Michigan the, is Michigan is one hundred and seven thousand six hundred one. Ohio Stadium is three one hundred two thousand seven hundred eighty. Kyle Field is four one hundred two thousand seven three three. Penn State. No. State College. State College isn't on there, huh? Okay. Uh, um. What about Death Valley? Hold on. Down there in um, 
and LSU. No. I'm going to give them to you. Okay. Oh, yeah, because oh, I, I guess oh, I'm Oh, you wrong. know what? Penn State was right. Penn yeah. State was two, 106,572. LSU is not. Oh, yeah, Tiger Stadium is. You're... Okay, I'm. Okay, you got the first one, two, three, four, five. Pretty on point, right? So far? Yeah. I I have a very confusing list I'm looking at in my phone, and it's not helping me manage here. Okay, the bottom five. Um, it's not fair because it was a pro stadium, but the LA Coliseum for USC. That is not on the list. Oh, I got an X. Okay. Um, That's the first X. You get three X's. We, we tell you the list. I don't think Clemson has 90,000. Um, I do not think Clemson has 90,000. Uh, does Notre Dame have 90,000? No. No? No, that's too. Oh, oh, um, Austin Stadium in Oregon. Whose stadium? The Oregon Ducks. It's, I think it's called Odson Stadium. It should be called Nike Stadium, fucking Phil Knight, but I think it's called Odson Stadium. I think it's what it's no, called. No, you're done. You're done. Number one, Michigan Stadium. Number two, in Pennsylvania, Beaver Stadium. Uh, number three, Ohio Stadium. Uh, the Buckeyes. Uh, Kyle Field, Texas A&M. Tiger Stadium, then in LSU. Nayland Stadium, Tennessee. After that. Yeah, yeah. Daryl K. Royal, Texas Memorial Stadium, Texas. I was going to say them, but it looks small. Roll Tide, Bryant-Denny Stadium, 100,000. Of course, fucking that Bryant-Denny. ends the 100,000s. Uh, Georgia. Over the last two? After Georgia, Bryant-Denny? Georgia, Sanford Stadium. Man, Georgia plays the fucking... And the, and the Cotton Bowl. The Cotton Bowl doesn't count because nobody plays there. Yeah, but I asked you the stadiums. That's fair. Rolls Bowl is the first one at 88.5. Ben Griffin, Florida. Um, Auburn's Jordan Hare Stadium. The Sooners, uh, Nebraska, MetLife. Clemson, I know Nebraska's here. Clemson's yeah. 82.5. Okay. And then, but I knew they were 90. We'll stop when we get below 80,000. Lambo, 81,441. AT&T. Oh, yeah, Wisconsin? Yep, AT&T, 80,000. There you go. There's the 80,000-seater stadiums in America. All right, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to do the Significant 7. We got DP's list. We're going to break it down. Ray's going to lead the way. Until then, and while you're listening to this, head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Get your nipples covered soft style. I don't know what yet. Like that, yeah. Yeah, you got tank tops. You got clever expressions. You'll be the hit of your party. Check it out. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. You're listening to DWI 384 here on Chair Shot Radio Network. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. Uh, this is how Patrick feels when I act like that <laughs> on Fanwagon <laughs> Nerds. Check that out Monday mornings. We'll be right back. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. All right, welcome back. 
DWI384, myself, PC Tunny, and Mr. Ray Cash is joining us. Um, I was going to make a joke, but I, nothing came to me. It was about your story you told me before. It's so fucking funny, huh? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Got to work on that, hey? Let's get into DP Significant 7 this week uh, from last week's SmackDown and Raw. A lot of big things happened. Uh, his number seven this week was Ricochet, Ray. Yeah. Yeah. So Forgive me because I'm going to say, yeah, a lot. Sorry. Ellis. Yeah. Um, bro, let me tell you something. Ricochet is set up to have the biggest moment of his career. And he deserves it, number one, because there ain't many people better in that ring. The only thing that's hurt him is the fact that he doesn't have any real semblance of... He has a little bit of a character, but he damn, damn sure can't talk. So what do you do? You allow him to be put in a marquee feud that's about what he's good at, his in-ring skill. And I love the way Logan Paul flipped it by saying... The dude who's known for being the influencer, the dude who's known for being the social media guy, the dude who's known for going viral, saying, I'm past that, bro. I'm a WWE superstar. You just go viral. Such a fucking clever thing. And then they hit the, insert uh, blocked word here, the Velveteen Dream Spot. And it was beautiful. And Logan played on it perfectly, dog. And I'm so hyped for Ricochet. I'm so right for this showcase. I know the I know the feud and the match is gonna slap. And once a year Ricochet gets like a marquee feud that rem- makes people remember, there's a reason he's still there in the company. I I hate to say it, but like I hope he develops a personality out of this. Not to be He's forty, dog. It's too late. Yeah, I know. That's just it's too like too late. I, yeah. But you you know what's funny to me about this whole situation? And I think me and you talked about this personally, that we both kind of saw this coming before it happened, like around the Royal Rumble. It's funny to me that one of the biggest controversies in wrestling over the past 10 years was that Ricochet-Will Ospreay match where they basically did flippy dudes the whole match. They basically did a choreographed dance. No disrespect, Uh, it is what it is. And the question you're going to ask is, how much is this going to be like that? They're gonna do WWE's gonna do it on a bigger scale in a more WWE way with a bigger star. It's genius. Honestly, when you when you caught and, and it got back to me right here, I was literally gonna ask you the question, how much is this match gonna be rehearsed before it actually happens? And the answer is well, see, a lot. The whole thing. That so that's the one. I mean, I, honestly, they probably moment. leave a little bit of creativity in there because no. they're gonna work the outside, no. I think. No. I think he's going to no. have a good structure, and they're going to practice the shit out of the high spots. That's no. what I think. That's the Other... one negative about Logan Paul right now. As great as he is, everything is rehearsed and, and choreographed in the ring. And he's he'll get better. But you got to remember, this is like this motherfucker's fifth match. Right. And Well, that's why. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't, it's not, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, everybody's favorite match from WrestleMania three, um, Savage Steamboat was completely rehearsed. Well, that's from Randy. spot one to spot four hundred yeah, and something. That's so... that's that's Randy though. And and that's that's funny you bring that up too, because it's like <laughs> Randy's like the most you know, robotic kind of measure it out 
memorize it, know exactly what you're going to do. And Steamboat's and he's the, a wild man in the ring. But and Steamboat's the nicest guy ever too. So he just goes, he's like, yeah, I can learn 119 so. things and remember yeah. them. Good for good for, good for old Trev. I'm I'm hyped for him, bro. I re- you know what's funny to me? You know how uh, Samantha Samantha Logan um, gives everybody these fantastic ass entrances, Chelsea Green and the Imperium shit, and then she's like Ricochet, <laughs> and that's her fiance. You would think he'd be the one that get the best interest. <laughs> Speaking of Chelsea Green, a backstage segment where someone was like, yeah, strike three and you're out. And Chelsea's like, yes, yeah, strike three, basketball. <laughs> she's fantastic. She is. She's fantastic. Oh, she's so WWE. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah that's really why she is. signed back. She knew where her yeah. bread was buttered. Yeah. All right, let's move on to number six. Are you ready? Yes, sir. First, I have to preface this because apparently Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre are kind of a thing. It's Hold common on. enemies because of one one goal. I know, yeah. but but I named them Mick Riddle. It's pretty good actually. I hate to I hate to give you credit. But and it's then good. DP responded when I told him that that he said, "Okay, well I need to see Riddle's face imprinted on the top of a Mick Riddle with shame, with Drew McIntyre's sword through it." <laughs> <laughs> so number six <laughs> this week is Mick Riddle. Boys already trying to get merch made. <laughs> So, is it just me? And the dude is fantastic at what he does. Probably has one of the most easily and 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 expertly defined characters. But I'm like really tired of Matt Riddle. Uh yeah, I think And every, no fault of his own. I, I don't think, think everything that happened with him outside of wrestling and you know, he's kinda out there and I, they're yeah, kinda Yeah, but that's not why to me. But they're playing the same thing and well Randy's gone. And that's kind of was the glue to what happened. And maybe it was just because of Randy. You know, Randy's Randy has a certain way of making you interested in things. Right now, it just seems like he's kind of just showing up for the paycheck. He kind of seems out of it a little bit to me. He does. Well, he's clearly out of it because, you know, <laughs> toke, toke. No, um, but I mean, that. I don't think that took him. I mean, look at, there's a bunch of guys. There's more people that you no, know. No, that, that was, that was I a know. little weak. I, okay. I, I know. I get it. So can I get can I hit you with a controversial take? I I would imagine you could. Um you know, and I'm 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 bringing this person up on a tangent to make my that's, real quick point. That's too controversial. There you go. Uh see I told you. Um he has the same problem Bianca Belair has. And that is for the entirety of the time we've seen them on our WWE televisions, from NXT to now, nothing has changed. They're the same person, the same character, the same walk, the same talk, the same everything. And don't get me wrong, it works, and you're always going to get a pop, but just get, you you get to the point where the crowd gets tired. And now Bianca's finally starting to change up a little bit for the first time in eight years. Right? You're right. So, wait, eight years, maybe not, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, but Riddle, the whole time, has been the same. In fact, What's great? This isn't a gimmick. Like, go watch him in the Ultimate Fighter. It's that's the same dude. So if you can give me something different, that's why Randy worked for him because he had the play, the play, their interplay worked and it made him endearing. Nothing is making homie endearing right now. Well, he he wanted something outside of 
you know, championship achievement in, in that storyline. He wanted the approval yeah. of somebody, so you got to see right a up. different dimension, right? Right um, up. Yeah. So what about what about for McIntyre here? What about what what what? I mean, like contract coming up? Is he just fucking filling a storyline before he leaves? Where would he go? I mean, what? I mean, like, well, you know where he's gonna go if he leaves. You know where he's going. Is he's that... gonna walk in there and be easily a top five dude in that company because he's taller than everybody there. He's no, but that's the thing. It's gonna be. It's gonna. <laughs> he's not going. He's staying. But I'm just saying, he'd be a fool to not yeah. go there. Like, there's a lot of guys that want to leave that go there and then they're forgotten. I'm sorry, Jay White, love you, but you, you know. But Drew will walk in that company and be champion in three months. There's no way he wouldn't do. Well, he wouldn't. It, he probably wouldn't sign unless it was contractually obligated. Yeah, and that, and I don't know when his contract is up, but if it's before Wembley and he can debut in Wembley, being the greatest, most successful British wrestler of all time, that's a big deal for someone like him, right? He's the only British heavyweight champion we've ever had. Isn't he Drew? Yeah, he's the only WWE British heavyweight champion ever. Isn't the he, only other one, if you want to count... Isn't he Scottish? He, yeah. All right, the United Emerald Kingdom. Isles, I got you. United Kingdom. Okay. Um, The only other person you could count... Well, Seamus. If you... Seamus, yeah, but he... But remember, he's Irish. Ireland isn't in... Okay. He's not Northern Irish. He's Ireland. All right. That's not the United Kingdom. It's not. It's not GC Tony. It's not ge- geography catcher Tony. The only other person that is similar, if you count the new IWGP Heavyweight Championship, which you should, it is credible. It now is Osprey, but it was Drew before that. And then, with respect to British Bulldog and uh, Dynamite, but they never won the big one. All right, and now we know. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Let's move on to number five. Number five is the Judgment Day in total, Ray. Why don't you... Let's uh, be, num- be number one. Well, they are, they, we're going to take a... run WWE. This is DP's list we're going on this week. And since, you know, the last two weeks, they're, they're the official lists. Um, I, I want to... I want you to go ahead and... Mm-hmm. Give me your thoughts on the Judgment Day, where they're going, Rhea and Dom. We got the feud going on in internally between Finn and Damian Priest. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard your thoughts on the Damian Priest Money in the Bank win over, mm-hmm. over, yeah. Yeah. So why don't you give me that, um, give me that reaction? First off, let me say this. I haven't had the opportunity to say this, but I told you also, just wait. Let this judgment day play out, and they're going to show how great they're going to be. And now they are the highlight of the week that's on the red brand. Um, I love the interplay between Finn and Priest um, because Finn is so so good and so enjoyable when he plays that little uh, angry Irish bulldog character that he plays. Um, Just fucking angry all the time for no fucking reason. Um... But also, too, I knew it just makes sense for Priest to have the briefcase when Finn is fighting for the world title to have that interplay between them. Um, I love it. They're so good. And Priest deserved to win over L.A. Knight only because I think the briefcase is better served for heels. L.A. Knight 
clearly to me as a face now and has been for a, a little bit. But also there's a ready-made story for Priest. If LA Knight would have won the briefcase, is he going to go after Seth? He's damn sure not going to go after Roman. Just wouldn't have made sense for him. But right now, Priest has a ready-made, clear, concise target um, and a story involved. The, and Dominic Mysterio is the most overheal in the business. That's not named Roman. Amazing. And of course, Rhea is the best, maybe the best wrestler on that brand. I just am disappointed. The Judgment Day has been doing kind of this back and forth in NXT, which has been fantastic. I love how they're giving Carmelo and Trick a rub. Why did you just, why hasn't the company just thought? If we're going to do this interplay between the Judgment Day and um, NXT, Trick Mellow Gang. Give me Mellow versus Dominic. That's the match we need to see. Dominic needs to be the NXT champion. No, they'll never be in NXT, Ray. And well, and, and that's why he won't. This week. He's wrestling West Lee this Tuesday for the North American Championship. Oh, that's true. I don't mean full-time. I'm not saying he needs to be a full-time NXT guy. If you're going to keep doing the back and forth and have the storyline, because it's clearly to help Mellow and Trick move, up right all i'm saying is the judgment day every time they come out they say one thing we run wwe right you can't go to you can't go to smackdown bloodlines over there you got that but if you're gonna take over nxt dominic is the most over heel let him beat the most loved babyface. bring the title to the main roster you know and he can lose it in the next match he ain't gotta I, hold it for a, a year i don't hate it and then can you imagine the it couple respect to Miz and Maurice both wearing world championships I I still think Dominic should be the one to take the title off of Roman at um I almost hung up the fucking phone bro <laughs> it probably be it probably be Survivor Series next year Survivor Series 2029 2024 2032 I'm just saying. 2046. You don't think you don't think within a year and a half, a little under a year and a no. half, Dominic no. will be ready to get the biggest no. rub ever? Not over Roman, no. Why not? So no. we're gonna who are you gonna waste it on? Who who's it gonna be? Then it better be solo at the end of all this, because it's not going to be you, Jay at fucking... Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll say We're about to talk about it. But before we do that, we're going to take a commercial break. Ray Cash, PC Tunney, back at it here. DWI 384. When we come back... Uh, yeah. We may talk about something along the lines of blood. Yeah, that was a really bad transition. We're just going to go to commercial. It's, yeah. it's a funny, y'all. Yeah. Uh, Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome back, DWI 384, right here at Chairshot Radio Network. All of your favorite streaming platforms, PC Tunney and Ray Cash, all up in your earballs. I, I broke it down and took the commercial, Ray, because I'm going to give you 
the top four all at once. Are you ready? DP's top four. Let's go. Number four, Jimmy. Number three, Solo. Number two, Jay. Number one, Roman. Speak to the order and the significance of the trial of the tribal chief. Um, the Cinema, bro. This is cinema. The fact that they opened up a, a post-pay-per-view SmackDown in Madison Square Garden with a 35-minute promo segment. I thought it'd be last. I did too. I did too, which is so. And the way they the way they did it was fantastic because you know the Usos thought we were going to come out to kind of go glowed by what happened. Solo comes out, Heyman gets ready to go off, and Solo's like, "Shut that shit up!" And he, and then Roman comes out, that was and then slick. you're like, "Oh, this is it. This is happening now." Fantastic stuff. Um, cinema, bro. I I will say this. As much as I loved it, and I'm thankful for it, it's one of the best segments all year. Didn't really do much. No, <laughs> we knew didn't. what we were getting to yeah. Jay and yeah. Roman. The well, one it, thing it did it was was write Jimmy out to give Jay the the ammo to say me and you trial by combat, you know. So, but it was a fantastic segment, dog. Amazing and Roman, dog. Roman's going, yeah, motherfuckers don't want to believe it. Did you see him cry on command? Dog, he's got, he's, he'll be, he'll, he'll, he'll be an actor in five years. Solo stops Jimmy from interfering, and Solo also doesn't help Roman. Immediately, yeah. No, 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 no. At the, at J versus Roman at SummerSlam, during that match, Solo comes out and stops Jimmy from interfering and akin to oh. next thereafter does not help Roman when Roman looks to him for help. Got you. Yeah, yeah, you do the shit yourself. You got to earn it. I, I feel you. That's my prediction for Solo involved in that match and Jimmy because you're going to have people involved in that match. I, it's interesting to see who we might get actually involved uh, outside of what we've seen from the bloodline. Do we get more family involved in this story at SummerSlam. I don't think so because it has to end eventually because we got to start telling other stories if we're going to do something different at the Rumble and at Mania. And this is a this is a this is a sensical end. It had to it started with Jay versus Roman, it ends with Jay versus Roman. So it's so, a sensical ending. So Roman wins and 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 he's done with his family and moves on to what and how does that transition happen though? He's done with the Usos. I, I think that the the him feuding with his cousins is over after this, regardless. Unless Jay wins because Roman's going to get a rematch, but I don't think Jay's winning. However, I think there is a much better chance people think of Jay possibly winning. We'll we'll touch on that in a second. Now clearly Roman and Solo have to do something, but if we go. To your prediction, and Solo just basically says, "Hey man, I'm that, out of it, bro. That's Roman. You do it. You do it your own. Roman. I'm on my own world. Yeah. You know. Then there's that's a, then everybody can kind of part ways and go in their own worlds, and Solo can still be the badass he is without having to go after his cousin. I think if that happens, I, I, I still would like this to 
for some way, and I brought it up a couple weeks ago, I think, or last week, is they come back together again because I think the storyline, it, it still has juice. and It'd it, it have to be a really interesting twist. But nonetheless, if we got the Usos away from Roman, kept solo, Roman ended up winning anyway, and Roman kind of in his own mind flushes out, well, I get it, Solo, you you wanted me to win on my own, and you, you believed in me, and that's why you didn't help me, and still keeps him around. Well, that, that moves us to, like, Roman and Solo at Royal Rumble or something. Like, we can move the next Roman match that far out and carry that out. I think that's a little more likely. Here's the thing, what do you do with the Usos now? You go back to fucking... Uh, KO and Sammy, we split those tag titles up somewhere. I mean, what what do you do with them now then? If Jay loses this match, do they just take time off and come back sometime down the road? Well, I tell you this, if there's any actor in the WWE that deserves some time off, it is the Usos. They have worked every night. Well, Jay. Every house show. Jay. Every big match. I mean, when, when Jimmy got healthy, him too. But like, they have you know, Jay for sure the first year and a half of this. Right. But like, they could definitely deserve a month or so not having to run the roads. But they're still a tag team. The beauty of it is now, you have successfully, maybe for the first time in modern WWE history, you have made a legitimate main event tag team act. I don't mean two guys getting two main eventers tagging together. I mean a genuine tag team act that has been that has ascended to the main event level. So what you do is you let them build people up and bring them up. That's what you do. I mean, the Creed brothers are kind of sitting out there. That would be a fun feud. I can tell you right now. If you put them into a storyline right after this with someone like the Creed Brothers, everybody <laughs> everybody fucking goes to shit. Well, I'm not saying it's going to be no three-month thing, but it could be a Here's my thing is two-week little palate cleanser. They either, either need to take significant time off or need to get involved in a significant storyline immediately if they're going to separate from Roman. That, it's just the way it is. They are the greatest WWE tag team of all time. Maybe the greatest tag team of all time. But you just can't... The story continues with Roman if you separate the Usos from Roman. It doesn't continue with the Usos. As long as Roman has that belt and he's going for 1485. I don't think the Usos need to take time off. I, I mean, think the Usos will just need a very clear, a very distinct palate cleanser and change. Which could be a quick little two-week feud or three-week feud just, you know, just with maybe the profits. Something just to kind of go back and forth and keep them occupied. And then at the end of that, they can say, look, once they finally beat them, we can be like, okay, cool. We got this out the way. You know what we're here for. We want these, we want our titles back. And then maybe you could have the rematch between the Usos and Sammy and KO, which has to happen because that's one of the best tag team matches we've ever seen. All right, fine. Maybe the New Day gets involved and we can just... You know. Well, they are coming back. Kofi is healthier now, I think. I think Kofi's leg is healthy now. All right. I heard Big E's kind of healthy, but there's no timetable. Big E is 100% healthy. He's just not cleared. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll see what happens. Any other... Can, no can, Go ahead. I, I, I had a Roman topic I wanted to pitch to you real fast. Oh, yeah. Not pitch, but... But ask you real fast. Just go fire. So, 
in our conversation, clearly you don't think Jay Uso has much of a chance, which is a fair assessment. I, I want to see 1485. Uh, you know, when Roman first won the championship that started this whole thing, shortly thereafter i was like yo we're getting we're getting roman rock at 39 and i predicted that two and a half year run and at that time really early and then greg took it even further and and doubled down i think a year or so later maybe shortly there before or after and said we're going to hogan and now i'm like well yo we we fucking laid laid the groundwork down on predictions the two of us and I'd like to see it to come to fruition. I, and and you know how I'd like to see Roman's title reign end? I think he passes him on a Thursday. And I think he catches him on a Thursday and passes him on a Friday. So as you celebrate 1485, next year's Money in the Bank comes out and cashes in. And that's Dominic Mysterio. And that's the biggest Shut heat ever. No, as Roman has no, come full circle no, after being no, the Rock in fucking no, Philly. No. Yeah. No. Let's go. No. Oh, I love okay. it. Okay. So. By Tony. We. We have Roman versus Jay <laughs> at SummerSlam, right? Oh, oh, we're back here. We're back to the. We're back. Well, because I'm, I'm trying to pitch. We're I'm back trying to, to the, give you. Yeah, we. I went back. I went back to the future. You brought us back to the present. Yeah, because I'm trying to say something. You, because I'm trying to say something tangible. I'm sorry. Unlike you over here. You're right. Back on, back on fucking message boards in 1999. Can I tell you, I've been watching um, Stars on Mars. It's had an effect on me. Have you watched that? Okay. No? I've seen five minutes of it. Okay, you should watch it. It's good. Shout out to Ronda Rousey, Stars on Mars superstar. Um. So my question is simply this: I think the 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 prevailing theory or belief is that we're probably going to get Roman Cody too, or if, at, at WrestleMania 40, or at least Roman is, I mean, Cody is going to win the WWE championship at some form or fashion. That's, that's almost right. That's written in the stars. Um, my question is, does Cody have to be the one to beat Roman first? Can, does what, Cody keeps saying, I, I got to finish the story. Does his does his, is his story diminished if say Jay wins the title at SummerSlam and then loses it back to Roman maybe the next month and then he beats him later and he's not the first person to pin Roman? I don't. Is Cody's story stunted if he's not the guy to just win the title but to beat the streak? Uh, the to... only way I can answer this is I just don't believe in Cody anymore. As okay. far as beating Roman, okay. he'll he'll win. It probably won't even be Seth. It'll probably be whoever cashes in on Seth, uh, uh, which is obviously Damian Priest. So maybe we go back to that kind of feud. I, I don't but know. you don't believe in him because of what no, happened to Mania last year? No, I just, I mean, you know, I kind of brought up the point as we were leading into Mania last year. Because, like, if, if The Rock would have said yes, because that was a real thing, that would have happened at in L.A. Then they asked Stone Cold, and he said no. And then they went to Cody. So, yeah, but that that's not a that's not any diminishment at all. I, that's like I read into that's, it that's more basically than you, you saying, hey, I, I read do into you, Holly, I want do, do you want to be with Holly Berry? Do you want to be with Margot Robbie? Or then, oh well, I 
get get with your wife. Like I'll take uh, Holly Berry Swordfish. Amen. Yeah, and most people would. Yeah. just like most people would take The Rock. Hallelujah. I I only ask that question because one, I think a lot of people are underselling the legit possibility that Jay could win the title. I think there is a he has a much better chance than people think. But also, too, with Jay being the first person to pin him in three and a half years, I am starting to question do does the person who pins him in a singles match and beats him for the title, do those two milestones have to be the same? Okay. Because so, Cody's gonna win the world the WWE look, championship. Look, not look. not the world heavyweight, but Cody's gonna win the WWE championship because that's the belt that he's been he came back to get. That's the story. Finish the story. I just don't know if it has to be at the same time anymore. We're going to agree to disagree on the Cody thing because you know how you and I are. We'll go back and forth for the next four hours and get nowhere with it, right? We'll just tell each other the same thing we think in a slightly different way. Even though we respect each other's opinions, we'll always try and, you know, jump on the top. Yeah, but also this is a discussion for people to listen to. Let's talk about this, though, real quick. And I want to end this segment by you answering this question. Give me a minute or so. Is it better for Jay or Solo if they're the one, if, if they are the one, if the family inside the family is the one to beat Roman? So clearly it would be better for Solo because Solo is a singles wrestler and that could do something for him going forward with his career, but it shouldn't be Solo. Wouldn't the bigger storyline thing be? If Jay did it and Solo beat him, and then Roman had to face Solo. Roman Solo is going to be a, a money match down the line. Absolutely. But if we're talking, there have been so there's been so much. I think. Pos- Go ahead. Finish. There, there, there's been so much positive uh, um, conversation, accolades, and discussion about the Bloodline story. Many people are calling it maybe the greatest story ever told. WWE history, right? The story is not revolved around Roman Reigns. The story is and has always been revolved around Jay Uso. And so that's why the story, if we're just sticking with the story, just with the story we have, the story that we can have later on, which is a different story with Roman and Solo, can be just as good. But the story that we have has been about Jay. And like I said, this whole story started with Roman versus Jay. And there is a beautiful synergy with it essentially possibly ending with Roman versus Jay. I think that's a beautiful thing. Start this match with Jay being the lovable dude who wants to dance in every match and Roman's giving them, uh, you know, giving them a, 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 I'm a lookout for my boy since your brother's hurt and you're not really getting as much, get you this big main event payday, but you need to bow down. And he doesn't bow down. Right, and then gets demolished in back-to-back matches, and then has to become subservient. Remember the remember the which one are you? Remember, you know, hey Jimmy, hey Oos, I'm Jay. Does it really matter? All this shit to him. Three and a half years later, gaining the gumption, believing in himself enough after being tortured and Stockholm syndromed and and beat down. And Sammy begging him to leave and all these things happening after all these years and his brother begging him to leave and all this, finally doing it, finally getting the chance to pin the man, something that was impossible for three and a half years, 
and the beautiful story it could be of him being the guy to dethrone maybe the greatest champion in rest in WWE modern history. I would say history, but you can't stop Bruno eight years. No, you can't touch that. In modern greatest champion in modern history, that is the biggest story that you could tell. So, you know, nothing Roman and Solo could do can touch that unless they do another three year storyline. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com Thechairshot.com Always use your head All right, y'all know DP and I have different last call anthems. Ray, we just had to end that last segment with your lovely soliloquy of what the bloodline should and should not be. Honestly, that's why we went right to commercial. Um, it was in your honor. Uh, this week, last call, and I am drinking alone, but I'm not alone, which is always nice. Yeah, that, doesn't, that, doesn't, co- that doesn't count. Um <laughs> yeah. Uh Yeah. Take the reins. So, I uh, get it, reins. Yeah, that was bad. Jabba Chief. That was bad. Um, I'm not even going to I buzz myself. I'm 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 glad you have the wherewithal to do that because I don't have the soundboard, but I would absolutely <laughs> So, I am a subscriber to Fightful Select, and I'm not trying to give them big ups, but they have, there are a lot of stories that come out that, and by and large, most, the majority of what Fightful reports turns out to have majority truth or actually truth. But there is a story that they put out today about AEW that Mr. Tunney hasn't heard, and I want to tell him in real time. But I think it's hilarious because the, the, the theme of AEW upon its inception was we're going to be the alternative, right? We're not going to do things the way the Monopoly did all these years. We're not going to be the big yoked up wrestlers and the drama theme story. We're going to be pro wrestling and we're going to do the flippy doos and the hardcore. We're going to do all these other things that New York didn't think made money with people New York didn't think could make money. Henceforth, all these indie guys that we're signing and your Orange Cassidy's and your Darby Allens and your Jungle Boy Jack Perry's and the the creme de la creme, your Young Bucks and all these things, right? And they have done fantastic for what they did. However, slowly but surely in the five years AEW's been around, you've seen them dial things a little back from that. It was supposed to be sports themed and we have rankings ain't no motherfucking rankings anymore it was supposed to be oh um you know uh we we don't our rules are different and every ref has a different thing and they've kind of tied 
down on that a little bit. There, it, things have kind of gotten a lot more mainstream. Well, we don't need to. We're just about the matches. We don't need to tell stories. And now the big homie Nick Wayne, shout out to him making his debut. You had a whole video package explaining who he was. Like, things are changing a little bit. So I want to read to you, sir, for today's last call. A, apparently, a document was sent out to the company that's outlining some changes the company wants to make in regards to performer and fan safety. Okay? The pro, there were protocols developed by, uh, this is all allegedly, of course, developed by the uh, AEW medical team, coach of uh, the coaches, which are basically their agents, um, the referees, and, and so on and so forth, to help protect everybody involved, the talent, the fans, the crew, all that, whatever. They want to kind of minimize the risk without messing with the quality. Now, there are some edicts that are don't do, and then there are some you got to get permission. There's some that you got to get permission from your coach or your agent. Okay. So these are the things that are specifically banned outright. No unprotected chair shots to the head. No shots to the back of the head. Buckle bombs and blind moves backwards into the turnbuckle. You can't do any fencing positions, which is the position when someone has a concussion and they kind of stiffen up. Don't do that as a, you know, from a selling standpoint. Don't sell, don't do the Brian Danielson, I'm almost having a seizure sell. No, no, no. Spitting or bleeding in the crowd. No throwing weapons or projectiles in the crowd. No more taking drinks or food from guests in the crowd. No physical contact with the crowd. MJF, can't push these fans no more. Okay? Now, these are the things, uh, verbatim, again, of, of moves or things that can be allowed only if approved by a coach. Any spider bump on the ring apron or outside, got to be approved by a coach. Any table, ladder, or chair spot in or out of the ring, got to be allowed, got to be approved by a coach, and only allowed there's padding. Any elevated spots on the barricades, which include dives and ladder spots on the stage, around the arena, and other places outside of the ring, got to be approved by a coach. Any and all pile driver or tombstone variations, which includes sit-down drivers, inverted or poison, her poison runners, like shout to the boy Pac, or vertebrakers, got to be approved by a coach. Any high-risk dive or top rope move, which includes 450s, 630s, devil moonsaults, shooting star presses, etc., got to be approved by a coach. Any intentional bleeding of any sort, don't have to be blading, but intentionally bleeding, got to be approved by a coach. To speed up time, I'm not going to say the proof, but all this is approved by a coach. Throwing people into, through, or over ring steps, the commentary table, the bell table, the, the bell table, or any guardrails or barricades. Chairs, chair, weapon usage of chairs, pipes, candlesticks, hammers, ring bells, bats, chains, title belts, thumb stacks, th thumb tacks, skewers, barbed wire, any other sharp puncturing uh, objects, powders, aerosol sprays, or liquids, throwing any weapons or objects, choking or strangling someone with your hands or a weapon, or any hanging spots, 
any injury spots or angles, whether med- whether or not medical is involved or called to the ring, any physicality in the crowd or or brawling in the crowd, any physicality involving referees, managers, extras, celebrities, or any special guests. Sounds a whole fucking lot like WWE, doesn't it? Hmm. I even wrote down the three thoughts I had because I didn't want to forget them. Please, uh, the floor is yours, Mr. Tunney. Before I get into those three thoughts, I would like to say, oh, AW, you're growing up. <laughs> oh, look at you. You can walk now. Oh, that's so fast. Oh, you can walk to the coffee table over there, especially if you can grab onto something. He walks really well. Um, <laughs> that was eight and a half year old Tunney watching Ultimate Warrior beat Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Telling AEW to suck it. Um, but in real response, yeah. Um, money. Insurance. First thing that comes to mind. Uh, big wrestling companies pay for injuries. WWE does. AEW must have been. I'm sure they just don't want to see that anymore. And two. Uh, the network on a lot of these things. Not all of them. The networks are like, well, we're giving you this new deal and you're going to be on this other thing. And we got all this stuff going on and a lot of this stuff we don't want to see anymore. And three. And I'm hoping this is one of the reasons. Individuality. If everybody's doing everything all the time, the DDT doesn't mean anything anymore, Ray. Do you get? Do you, do you smell what I'm cooking over here? Oh, I 100% agree. Yes, 100%. So that that's my response to that, and I well, think that's the, really interesting. Why... I'm more more so than ever. I think, like, I think that's an amazing thing for AEW to do, and I think it's a step in the right fucking direction. It's, so that very thought process about being individual or individuality is the exact reason why Petey Williams creating the Canadian Destroyer which was the, maybe the greatest finisher we had seen in 20 years, is now the most overrated finisher ever because everybody does it. But I want to give a little more context to why it's funny to me particularly. I'm not hating on AEW. I'm very proud of them. They're doing fantastic. One of the best storylines right now was what Adam Cole and MJF are doing. It's hilarious. It's amazing. They're doing really good stuff. But again, I allude to the fact that they were supposed to be the different promotion, the alternative and their fans loved the fact and tony reveled in the fact that he that they believed almost in a cult-like way that anything we do works so we're going to do different stuff and you know we're not going to be like them you know you don't have to be like them to be successful look what we did without being like them and slowly but surely you're starting to realize well if you want to make money you probably got to do there's a reason WWE does these things now, because if you remember, you and I, Tony, you're old enough to remember when WWE was the outlaw promotion. And then they got, they wanted to make money, and now they have people they have to talk to, listen to. You remember when Nick Gage had the match with um, um, Jericho and th- during the, the, um, the quest against MJF or whatever it was? And uh, he had the pizza cutter. And as they do the pizza cutter spot, which Nick Gage does in every match, the Domino's commercial comes up, and Domino's called and was like, uh-uh, no more. 
you that was not an anomaly. These people will really not support your business. And if you're going to get a hundred million dollar deal, like they're, they're rumored to get from Warner Brothers, mind you, a Warner Brothers company that is doing everything to sell and make save money. There's going to be a few parameters we need to talk about. If you need to make money on advertising, which wrestling promotions that are on TV need to do, you have to go and sway with the times. During the Attitude Era, it was okay, and you had sponsors willing to pay and support that show. Look how WWE swayed that way. You just have to roll with it. If you're going to be an actual big promotion and make money and be mainstream, you have to roll with the mainstream and overall consensus of the the morality of, of the, your consumers. That's just the way it is. Look at look at anything. Like we look at the almost Disney era of WWE sliding back into a good storyline here with a little more adulthood to it. Mm-hmm. You, you you just can't ignore those things because you count on other people's money to be continually as big as you are. You know, one of the things that fans hate the most about WWE is their incessant need to recap things. There's a reason they do that. If you watch AEW television, they're starting to do that. Drive home the point. It's more important. And and, and not just that, but legitimately at any time, someone could be tuning in for the first time or tuning in for the first time that night. So you want to keep the viewer engaged. You want to keep – and and look, I can't stand Tony Khan. But I will always, always give credit to anybody who deserves it. And the one thing I can always say about Tony Khan that I have respected, and if I meet him, I will tell him to, to his face and shake his hand about this. Whenever there's something he fucks up with or the, or the fans don't like or there's something he does he shouldn't do, he fixes it. I will give him credit for that. And I remember a month or so ago when Vikingo had the match with Kenny Omega. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cole. Yeah. Cole. Very good. good. Who was Vikingo to 90% of the audience? Well, we don't. Nobody. You're old enough. You're you're smart enough to Google who he is. That's not how this shit works. You're trying to make me watch. Tell me why I should watch. Nick Nick Wayne popped up. They told you who he was to make that match feel important. He's learning. And I give him all the credit in the world for that. I give him a standing ovation for that. I, that makes me want to watch the show more because you care about your product now. It's not a vanity project anymore. Now you're telling me you care about your product. You know, Ray, when, when DP and I went to register this show for uh, in the podcast registry, because as you know, um, being the... Uh, uh, capillary uh head of outsider's edge you also had to register your show on the list of podcasts and you have to pick a category right and i think you picked you picked wrestling but we picked cooking Mm. yeah you know what i'm talking about when you go to the registry when you start a podcast you got i know what you're talking about yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so this is a cooking show so i i would like to equate and hope that Tony Khan will figure out the same thing as in running a wrestling company is a lot like cooking. And here's why. Some things are just proven and you learn from the masters 
and a certain technique they developed is the best thing that you can do. And it can't be it can't be done better. They've executed it to the master level. And you follow those things. But there's wiggle room in between to make it your own. And that's where Tony Khan has to jump in. You gotta take stuff from WWE because they perfected things that can't be done better. Because they've made wrestling better. But at the same time, there's that wiggle room for creativity and outlaw ideas that lie there underneath the rug that, that gets swept away that necessarily could have excited a whole different genre and, and another boom. So I hope that, honestly, as someone that bags on AEW, and I watch a lot more of it than you think, I never ordered a pay-per-view, but I do tune into Dynamite and a little bit of Collision. Um, I hope they take the things that have been perfected that work and add a little of their own spice and make things their own a little bit better than they have been because they've done a lot of things right. It's just they're kind of stuck in in a little bit of a plateau, right? And that's tough because WWE's amazing. <laughs> Can I uh, add one little bit of more context to that a, a fantastic cooking analogy? If McDonald's sold the McRib, 20 every day. Oh God! The people Mc... would get sick of the McRib. Yeah. If there was a restaurant that their primary thing was selling the McRib, they would make the money that they made. If they would make, if they did, if they sold the hits. AW is learning. You can't sell the McRib every day. No, but you kind of got to sell the hits. But you can sell the Big Mac every day, right? You got to know the difference 100%. between a Big Mac and a McRib. Straight up. And wow. when it's time for the Mac rib, put that thing in there. Yeah, one hundred percent. But you 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 there's a reason why every wrestling promotion in history has done things a certain way. Every successful one. I I couldn't agree with you more. I'm just kind of writing down the title to today's show, and if you're clever enough, well, if you didn't look at the title of the show before you listened, thank you, because that means you're a really dedicated listener. Um, Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Ray Cash will be surprised tomorrow. I doubt he will, because I'll probably tell him after we're done recording. Ray, thanks for jumping on. Um, brother, uh, we, we got we to gotta, we gotta keep doing this stuff. We're too good together. So, uh, 40K. But but why? But why? We're well, tired, but I'm it's just fun. I'm just yeah, I'm just trying to keep you out of fucking fast food parking lots. That's all. Well, clearly they find me. Maybe you know to do that, I would say I'll plan stuff ahead of time so that you already know you have to come straight home from work and you have food, so you don't have to stop. You know that that podcasting can help you out that way. Uh, I DP... might just find cute young <laughs> girls driving the wrong way. You never know. <laughs> At it's me, DPP, at Phenomenal AJB. Weren't here this week. Out on assignment. They should be back next week. Um, I, I never know. But thanks again, Ray. Let everybody know where they can find you and um, everything you got going on besides trips to Burger King. And and trying not to get shot up by... I'm just, just want to yeah, tell my life. Ray Cash is, is an amazing person, by the way. I just want to let everybody know. For sure. I'm at It's Ray Cash, R-A-Y's Mysterio, C-A-S-H, as in dollars, and I joined the Threadverse. So, oh, um, crap, I gotta change. I hate change. Well, I don't use it, but I'm on there. Um, hey, but my and, threads... You and Patrick. Thread is, yeah, I think we're the first two of, of the crew. Oh, do you guys follow um, each other? 
We do. Oh my god, that's so cute. <laughs> um, but I'm there because it's it's meta, so it's connected to my uh, Instagram. So it's not it's Ray Cash, it's Ray Hustle, R E Y Hustle. I respect the hustle, Mr. Cash. Holla at your boy, and you know if you want to find me, you better hit me on Twitter, because the only time you hear me nowadays is on bedwagons. If I show up, retirement is treating me well. Oh boy! All right, you look great, by the way. Uh, you can follow me Thank at you. DC Tony. You can find this show at Podcast DWI on the Twitter, at DWI Podcast on Facebook. Don't forget Chairshot Radio Network, all of your favorite streaming platforms on Twitter at Chairshot Media is going to let you know every time the chairshot.com always use your head drops something new and uh as we make our way out um it's kind of the deadest sports week of the world but what are you going to do i mean usa lost in soccer and we gotta go Chairshot.com. Always use your head. Hashtag when you can't think of anything clever to say when you're leaving. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.